This is Spirituality Unpacked with Laura Bungars. For more information, please visit my website at spiritualityunpackedalloneword.com. Laura, thanks so much for joining me here on Spirituality Unpacked. Today we are talking about the layers of experience. So this is a concept that kind of dawned on me the other day and I started writing about it and I started kind of putting it together and I went, holy crap, this is actually really cool. So I'm actually doing a masterclass on it um, and it's coming up on February 13th. I'll put the link um, to the masterclass info Uh, in the description of the podcast, so you can check that out. Um, And it also goes on my blog, on my website, so you can have a look there as well. Um, But we're going to talk about what the layers are, um, because this is something that I've had to discern um, as I've worked through my own process of healing. Um, And so I want to talk a little bit more about this to kind of give you a preview. The masterclass is going to be like 90 minutes, but in this this little half-hour span, Um, I want to dive in a little bit to each of them so that we can, you can understand what they are. I did write a blog blog about it, but let's, let's dive in a little bit more. So the first, there are three layers. So the first layer is sort of the what is of our experience. The second layer is sort of the, the out there. And I I think in my blog, I called it sort of other people. And, and it, it, it's sort of the, the out there, it, it is other people. Um, and, and our interactions with, with, with other people and things in our realities. And, and then there's sort of that higher level of, of understanding and experience that we have. So let's talk about the what is, because that's just sort of the day-to-day stuff that is life that we live. And when we look at our lives and we, we look around us and, and it's sort of circumstantial because you just sort of look around you and you either like what you see or you don't like what you see. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad or right or wrong. It, it doesn't matter what it is, but you look around and, 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 and you like it or you don't. And your perception of your reality, unless you are really aware of yourself, your perception of your reality is usually just one of judgment. It's straight up, I like that, I don't like that. That's a tree, that's a car, that's a house, that's a person, she's ugly, she, he's fat, blah, 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 blah. We have those immediate judgmental thoughts. We go into that mode of just quickly judging the experience. That's a, he's a jerk. She's, she's this blah, 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 blah. We do this. We do this to, to ourselves and to each other. Right. And, and that's the, what is of experience. Okay. In a nutshell, that's the, what is of experience. It, it, it's based on judgment. It's based on right and wrong. It's based on good and bad. But here's the thing. All of that is affected by our perception. So I talk about perception all the time. Perception is a filter that each of us uses, and it's individual to each of us. No two people have the same perception of things. Okay, so you and I can sit in the movie theater together and we can watch exactly the same movie. And we can have two completely different perceptions of what happened in that movie, whether we liked it or not, 
all of those things. Okay? That's perception at play. That is my ability to see it one way and your ability to see it another way. What's creating that sense of perception? What's creating that filter? The what is of your experience and the story you tell yourself about it. The filter gets created through your life experience, through your rule book. I used to call it a rule book. It was sort of the rules that you have for how the world works, right? The way you think the world wor works, that's your rule book. This is how things are supposed to be. This is how life is supposed to happen. This is the way it is. And so this is my rule book for how life works. And so you filter everything through all of that. There's something else you filter your experience through or your perception through, and that is pain. Pain is a big factor in how we see life. And it, I call it a cloud because it causes us to distort how we see things. I was, I was doing a little bit of writing the other day and I think I, I called it kind of like looking in a funhouse mirror that distorts your body image, makes you short or, or fatter or taller, elongates you, whatever it does to you, but it distorts your, your shape. And pain does that to your perception it puts a filter over how you see things. So if you've had a particularly painful experience with anything and you see something that triggers that experience, you have a particularly adverse reaction to that thing. It triggers you in some way. It causes you to respond differently than you would have if you hadn't had that one experience or that certain thing happened to you. So you're triggered by it. And then maybe, maybe you lash out, right? This is where we start to get into anger. And what we do as individuals now, as humans, we project. We project pain, we project anger, right? And part of those projections are those quick judgments that we make of other people and other things. Right? So the minute you've made a judgment that that person's ugly or fat or stupid or something else, you are projecting pain. You're throwing pain at each other. So the pain doesn't have to be really blunt like that. It can be much more minor. It can be not holding the door for somebody. It can be cutting somebody off in traffic. It can be uh, cutting in line at the grocery store. It, it can be all kinds of different things, but those are all projections of pain. Pain can also be hidden. Pain can be hidden in things that people do for each other that we would consider to be good, right? Um, because what happens is we have a lot of people out there that, that are into... Um, that, that end up in patterns of people-pleasing. They end up um, in patterns of, of, of not paying attention to themselves um, because they've been taught they don't count. And so they just focus on everybody around them all the time. And so that can appear really good in, 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 out here in the world. People look at that and they judge it. But what they see is that person doing nice things for other people. And so it gets judged positively. But 
what's actually going on underneath that is a whole lot of pain. And it doesn't mean that that's the case all the time. And you probably won't even know that that's happening. But it could be happening, right? Okay. So let's move on. The next stage after we deal with ourselves and our perception, which as I've said, is very filtered, it's very based on our experience and it's got a layer of pain on top of it, so it distorts the whole thing. You're not seeing it clearly. Now we look at other people and we kind of do the same thing and other people do that to us, right? So now it comes back to us, right? So when we look out here and we're looking at people's actions or inactions, when we look out here and we look around, what we need to what, what we need to recognize is that there's a layer of pain that filters through pretty much everything that happens in society. There's a layer of pain on top of everything that people don't account for. So, and I, I've, I've talked about this, I think I posted about it on Facebook. I see this phrase, actions speak louder than words. And my question to you is, can actions and words be incongruent with each other? Can I say one thing and do the opposite? Can I do something and say the opposite? Is it possible for those two things to not match? And the answer, is, of course, is yes. So if that's a possibility, if that's a possibility, if it's possible that I can tell you I love you but walk away, if it's possible I can show you I love you and not say it, is it also possible then that my actions and words may not even be congruent with me and who I am? When we only look at actions and words to determine who a person is or what a person is or what we think they are or make judgments about them, when we only look at actions and words to do that, we're not looking at the whole, whole person. It's very one-dimensional. It's a very one-dimensional way of looking at a person because people are not their pain. I am not my pain. You are not your pain. We are not our pain. Your pain is not who you are. It is not part of your identity. Your pain is separate. It's a separate thing. Your pain came from experience. Your pain came from the things that people told you that weren't true. Pain is a lie. Pain is not true. It never was true. Pain is not who you are. For each of us, everybody, axe murderer or otherwise, everybody at their core is okay. There is no pain. And what happens is human take, humans take on pain and they create an identity around the pain. I am this awful experience that happened to me. Well, no, you're not. What the ego is trying to do when it takes on that identity as a victim and as a person that's in pain, what the ego is trying to do is protect you from more pain. So by taking on the identity of pain and by saying, okay, I'll just be this pain, by doing that, what it actually does is protect you. So that way, if more pain comes in, 
It doesn't matter because you are already shielded. You already have all this pain. You're already wearing this armor of pain and you're carrying it around with you. And so if more pain happens, it just bounces off the pain that's already there. And you're less likely to notice. So it's the ego kind of protecting you from being in pain, right? It says, okay, we'll just be in pain. If the world's gonna hurt me, I'm just gonna be in pain all the time. I'm just, I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in pain all the time. But that's not who you are. And so what self-awareness ends up allowing you to do is recognize that you're not your pain, that you have the capability of healing if you choose to do so. You have the power to remove the body armor of pain, the identity of pain that you've been wearing. That's what healing is. That's what this spiritual path has been for me and for most of you is about healing. So you're healing things and feeling better and you're shedding that thick skin that you have that you created through this concept of pain. So if we're not our pain, then when people are spitting stuff at others, when people are being mean, when people are doing nasty things, when people are doing horrible, horrendous, awful things to each other. They are doing so from pain, always doing so from pain. And the pain is not the truth of who that person is, which means their actions are not the truth of who they are, which means their words are not the truth of who they are. So none of what you see is the truth of who they are. None of it. The world that you see around you, the what is, most of the action or inaction that you experience from other people is all filtered through pain. And the, the reason why I want you to get to here and I want you to be able to recognize pain is because I want you to be able to find compassion. Instead of just judging, instead of just snapping to judgment of that person's a, a jerk or an asshole or whatever, instead of just ju jumping to that place, which is what we all do, we instead stop and move to compassion. Why would that person do that? Now, this is very limited, right? When, especially when we're looking at other people, we don't really have the ability to have the story. We don't, we don't get that part. But it's okay to kind of go, why would they do that, right? Because it allows you the opportunity to actually think for a second. And it's not the traumatized they did it because they don't like me. That's the victimized way to play the game, right? It's they're doing it because there's some pain back there. Right? By finding compassion, we can then find tolerance. And then from there, we have the ability to find peace in the world that we live in. And the peace is not out there. It's not out in the great wide world around you, the, the great wide world's chaos. The peace is in yourself. And that's what you're looking for, right? We're all looking for a level of peace. We all want the world to kind of calm down and shut up for a while so that we can have some peace. But here's the deal. The peace is inside you. It's not out there. You're not going to find it and you're not going to get the world to calm down. So trying to control your experience to get the world to calm down won't work, right? 
Because this is how people solve it, right? They try to control the first layer. They try to control the what is, right? Well, you can't control what is. What is is just what is. You don't have control over that. Hands off. You can't touch it. Don't even bother, right? You can't control other people either. You don't have control over them. So that means the only thing you have control over is yourself. So now we're going to bring it in-house because this is the last layer. This is the part where we talk about us in our experience. It's the higher perspective now. Us in our experience. So if we don't have control over our experience, then we have to be able to be okay within it all the time. We have to get to a place where we're sort of unflappable. <laughs> We have to be able to find the peace within ourselves. So, and I talk about this concept all the time, this idea that we are independent within ourselves and self-contained, that there is nothing out there. And the idea behind this is that when you're looking for things in the outside world, to fill gaps or voids within yourself, when you're looking for the missing pieces of yourself in the outside world, when you are putting everything outside of you, when you are giving control over your life to the people and things around you, your circumstances, whatever, when you do that, it makes you powerless when you do it in relationships, it creates dependence and codependence. If you make that other person responsible for how you feel, then you're constantly dependent or codependent, depending on how it shows up, right? You're not going to be happy that way. It doesn't work, right? A healthy relationship doesn't have that. A healthy relationship is two independent people that come together and they're okay within themselves and they simply share certain experiences. Right? But they're able to take care of themselves independently. Right? It's the difference between I need you versus I want you. Right? right? When you need somebody, what you're saying is, I'm not okay within myself. When you simply want them, you're saying, I'm okay within myself and I like my experience, but I want you to join me in my experience. I would like to share my experience with you. Fast difference in energy there and how you approach the relationship. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. That can be friendship. And that can be family too, by the way. <laughs> right? That can be family. <laughs> that can be your relationship with your parents. That can be your relationship with your kids once they get a little older. Right? That can be the relationship with anybody, not just romantic partnership. So what we want to do is we want to get to a place where we're aware of ourselves. We're aware of the filter of pain that we place on things. We're aware of our own perception. When we look at the world and we look at something that's happening outside of us, we're asking the question, is that mine? Number one, 
so I know whether to touch it or not. We're checking our perception of it. What am I seeing? Is it based on pain? And then we're looking at what I need to gain from this experience. So when something happens for me, because nothing ever happens to us, so when something happens for me, to show me something about myself, I have the capacity then to say, what am I here to learn? What is this experience teaching me? Instead of why is this happening to me? So I can remove the victimization. And the whole point of all of this is to be able to remove the victimization from your life. That's the whole point, to get yourself out of and above the actual just day-to-day -day blah experience that you're having to stop being victimized by the experiences that you're having in your day-to-day. -day. When you be begin to be able to see it clearly, it doesn't have to traumatize you anymore. It doesn't have to victimize you anymore. Because now you see, I don't have control over my what is. Other people are simply projecting pain. It has nothing to do with me. Their pain is not mine and I don't have to pick it up. There's the tow truck, right? Tow truck's no help if it's stuck in the mud too, okay? So, right? Their pain is not mine. I don't need to pick that up. What is this here for? It's not here to give me pain. It's not here to teach me I'm a horrible human being. Why is it here? And chances are you're learning something about your own worthiness, your value, your powerlessness, your self-esteem, your trust. You're learning, you're learning something. There's, there's an issue there. And you're understanding more of yourself. In every experience that you have, there is something for you to learn about yourself, good or bad. And the thing is, is even when you find the parts of you that you're, you, you may not like so much, that you want to judge... But when you judge those parts of you that you don't like, and we all have them, even I do, but when you judge those parts of yourself that you don't like, you're judging yourself. You're being hard on yourself, right? We beat ourselves up. I shoulda, woulda, coulda. Well, shoulda, woulda, coulda doesn't matter. If you shoulda, woulda, coulda, then you woulda. And maybe you shoulda, but you couldn't. So you didn't. Get over it. It's fine. That's it. It doesn't matter. The fact is that you learned. Because you're able to say, I coulda, woulda, shoulda, now you learned. Now you understand what you should have done differently. Cool. So now you're going to do it differently. So you're going to accept those pieces of yourself that weren't able to do it yet because they weren't there. And that's okay. And it gets to be okay. It's allowed to be okay. You're allowed to be human and have those experiences. Are you going to project pain someday? Sure, we all are. That's human. It's never about being perfect. But even if you be, have that human moment, even if you project that pain, even if you go off the handle, even if you do the thing, it's fine. When you sit yourself back down, that's when you have the moment of where the heck did that come from? And it's not a beat yourself over the head with a stick moment. It's just an awareness. Where's the trigger? Oh, that's what that thing was about. Hmm, I wonder what that's about. 
And then we go diving and we do a little digging and we figure out what that's all about and what we can let go of. What can we heal right there? What do we have the capability to accept about ourselves in that moment? What do we have the ability to heal for ourselves in that moment? What do we have the ability to let go of in that moment? Because our experience just showed us something. This is the higher level understanding. But notice what we're understanding. We're not understanding our experience. We're not understanding other people. We're not asking other people why they do dumb shit. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're understanding ourselves within the experience. We're not getting control of the what is. We recognize the pain all around us. Everybody's projecting it all over the place, right? And then we're looking at ourselves and we're taking responsibility for ourselves. What's mine and what's not? Who am I within that? What's it showing me? And it's never victimization. It's never trauma. It's not pain. It's showing you a version of yourself that didn't have the ability to handle that situation properly at one point. And now you get to learn how to deal with it properly. Now you get to learn how to handle it. Now you get to figure out who you are within that. Because you are not the experience. You are not the pain. So when we can separate those layers, when we see the what is as what is, and it doesn't matter because it's lying to you, when you look around at other people, you don't see pain because it's not visible. What you see is actions and words, but those are lies. <laughs> and it's, it's not that they're not telling you the truth that they're, they're at Pizza Hut having pizza. It's not that. <laughs> they're not lying to you about where they are and what they're doing. The lie is that they're okay. The lie is that they're they're happy. The lie is that 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 they're all right. That's the lie. Because generally, not for everybody, but as a general rule, still, right? Not enough of us yet are at a point where we're like, I'm okay, right? Not enough of us are there yet. So the majority of us are still surrounded by pain, right? And so what are people doing? They avoid pain. So what do they do? They watch Netflix, right? They complain because they can't go out. Why do they complain because they can't go out? Because they're needing to distract themselves from themselves. Going out allows them to do that. They complain they shouldn't, they, they're not allowed to see other people or they can't or they shouldn't see other people. Why? Because they say they, they need them. Well, that's because they're not looking within themselves to find what they're missing. It's not out there. So all of that is just a distraction. If they were okay within themselves, they wouldn't need other people. They would be fine. They would understand the difference between need and want. And it, it's okay to want to go visit your friends. It's okay to want to see people, but you shouldn't need them. Right? And we've created a lot of this sense of dependence over time here, especially in this last couple of years. We've really tried to create this huge sense of dependence on each other. Right? But we're not really. Right? Not, not in the way that they'd like you to think you are. Right? 
Are we dependent on each other? Do I need people to work in grocery stores so that I can buy food? Yeah, absolutely, right? But do I need to have an emotional relationship with a cashier? No. <laughs> and that's the difference, right? So am I dependent on other people in some respects to make sure that I have food and clothing and shelter and all of the, yes, yes, right? That, but that is the limit of the dependence that we have on each other is the, the ability to keep society functioning in terms of the material world, right? That's it though, right? There's nothing beyond that. Everything beyond that is want, right? I want friends, I want connection with people because I enjoy that. Humans are social creatures and that, that's the way it should be. But I shouldn't need it to a point where I can't be by myself and I can't be okay within myself. Then there's something wrong. Now I have to look within. And most people aren't there. And the scenario for the last two years has been trying to shove people to get them to look inside themselves. And the whole world went nuts. Because it was too much. It was too hard. It was too abrupt. It was too fast. And they couldn't do it. And they all lost their minds. <laughs> and that's what happened. Right? And so what, what did we do? Well, we went down the rabbit hole. We went down the rabbit hole of depression. We went down the rabbit hole of eating too much. We went down, we did all those things. And I've, I've been depressed, I get it. I took myself down that rabbit hole too. I, I know what that's like, right? Why did we take ourselves down the rabbit hole? Because we didn't want to deal with ourselves and we wanted to avoid it so much that we were gonna give ourselves a problem. <laughs> we were going to give ourselves a problem to solve, right? Why did I go into depression myself personally? So that I could accept my sense of powerlessness. It had nothing to do with what's happening right now. This was years ago, but it was so I could accept my sense of powerlessness as a teenager. That was why I went down that rabbit hole. And now people are doing it because they're sort of still avoiding. Some of them will end up going where they need to go, which is inside themselves. Some of them will do that. They, they will accept that they, they have, the healing needs to happen and that they have work to do and they will begin the process. Many others will continue to avoid. So yes, the last couple of years have created mental health issues for a lot of people. Why? Because they weren't willing to do the healing. Why weren't they willing to do the healing? Pain and avoidance of it. And it's totally human. There's no blame in that at all. And there's not even any judgment. It is totally just from pain. This hurts and I don't want to do it. Right? And the projection out to the outside world. And that's what you see, the outside world. It's the government's fault. Right? That projection is pain. When you blame the outside world for your experience, that's pain, right? Because remember, I don't have control over that. So it's not mine. But it doesn't mean I can't accept it. It doesn't mean I can't live within it. It doesn't mean I can't be okay. It doesn't mean that I have to project outside of myself. Okay. Now, there are folks out there that are activists that do that kind of work, right? So 
there are people that are going to lobby the government, that are going to do those kinds of things, and that's necessary. We need that. But that's not for everybody. That's not everybody's lane, and not everybody needs to go there. And that's the only difference. Is it mine? Right? Is this my life path and my purpose to go fight with the government? Is that my thing? <laughs> is that what I'm going to do? And if the answer is no, if that's not your job, then don't do it. Right? And it doesn't mean you put your head in the sand. You can watch. You can pay attention. We're not completely ignoring, right? We pay attention. But we don't take it on and we don't do anything with it. And we don't traumatize ourselves with it. We don't beat ourselves up with it. We don't hurt ourselves with it in any way. It is just the what is. And that's okay. And we can accept that and move on with it and not be bothered by it. It's just all in how we see it. 100% in how we see it. And do you see it in a way that victimizes you and traumatizes you and causes you pain? Or do you see it in a way that allows you to be okay within yourself? Do you simply recognize that there's pain shooting around out there that is not yours, that you don't have to take on? And then do you say, okay, the pain is not the truth, because it never is. And I'm looking for truth. And the only truth I have access to is the truth of myself. So what's true for me? And you find that. And that's it. All right, so we're going to go much, much, much more in depth in this in the masterclass that I am holding on the 13th. If this interests you, please check out the link in the description that goes with this podcast or just message me on any of my many social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, through my website, contact me, however you want to do it. Um, and let me know how I can help. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Uh, love to all, and thank you. This has been Laura Bunkars with Spirituality Unpacked. Have a good one, everybody. Bye for now. This has been Spirituality Unpacked with Laura Bungars. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Thanks so much for listening.